And Jesus said to them, amen, amen, I say to you, before Abraham came to be, I am. Good morning, Christian America. This is the conclusion of the Jerusalem discourses. This is the conclusion of a pretty hostile interaction between Jesus and the Pharisees about who Jesus is, who they think he is, who he claims to be. And Jesus lets everybody know at this point in time and in this scripture exactly who he is. He mixes no words and every Jewish leader at the time would have known exactly what he meant. Let's get into the word of God today, the gospel of John chapter eight. We're going to start at verse 48. Good morning, Christian America. And good morning, Christian America. Eddie here is always representing the Christian American revitalization effort. We seek to revitalize the Christian faith across our nation. I don't know about you, friends, but I feel a growing sense of urgency, a growing sense of the necessity of something higher that is uh, permeating our society. That it's it's out there. And if you're on social media, if you if you pay attention, if you talk to people, as I try to talk to people often. There's a growing sense that we as a community, we as a people, we as a nation are just not in the right space where we should be. And that's that's good news that people are waking up to that. If you are a follower of this podcast, if you listen to this or watch this before, you know we've been talking about this for quite some time. So that should give you some encouragement that other people now are seeing or realizing that we need more of Jesus in our life. We need more of Christ in our life. We need to follow his commandments more in our lives. Because if we do, our lives individually will be better, but our lives collectively with one another will also benefit and will be exponentially better. And that's what we need. We don't need any more divisions. We don't need any, any more name calling. We don't need to be demonizing other people and other sides for whatever reason, specifically politically in this country anymore. We need to come together. But the scripture we're going to talk about today that we're going to cover today that I'm going to read and show to you today isn't too far off base from what we're going through today in our world. Jesus, if you followed us in the past two or three weeks, and if you haven't, I encourage you to go back and listen to those podcasts or at least read the beginning part of uh, the gospel according to John in chapter eight, where Jesus has had this is in the middle of this confrontation, this verbal confrontation with these Pharisees. They're probing at first to find out who he is, and he's giving them clues as to who he is. Then they rebuke some of what he says. So then he rebukes a lot of what they say. They call him, they call him names, um, and then he calls them sons of the devil. If we, if you go back to last week's uh, uh, podcast where we covered that, so the the section right above what we're going to uh, get into, Jesus is essentially telling. The Pharisees that you don't believe in my father, because if you believed in my father, you would believe in me. If you don't love my father, because if you love my father, you would love me. And since you don't believe in my father, you don't love my father, and you don't love me, you are sons of the devil, and you're doing as the devil would do. Those are those are harsh words. And so now in part three, what we're going to read to you just uh just shortly is the is the response to the Pharisees on this guy is crazy. And, and they try to make fun of him. They try to uh, uh, demonize him. They try to rebuke him, not with arguments, but with name calling. We see these 
same tactics today used by people who don't want to argue facts or don't want to argue history. Instead, they just rather call you a name of some sort, crazy, an extremist, a zealot, a rhino, a liberal, a conservative, whatever. And so think about that as we read this passage. And I'll read it to you uh, shortly. So the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 48, the Jews answered and said to him, are we not right in saying that you are a Samaritan and are possessed? And Jesus answered, I am not possessed. I honor my father, but you dishonor me. I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks it, and he is the one on, and he is the one who judges. Amen, amen, I say to you, whoever keeps my word will never see death. So the Jews said to him, now we are sure that you are possessed. Abraham died, as did the prophets. Yet you say, whoever keeps my word will never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham who died? Or the prophets who died? Who do you make yourself out to be? And Jesus answered, if I glorify myself, my glory is worth nothing. But if, but it is my father who glorifies me of whom you say he is our God. You do not know him, but I know him. And if I should say that I do not know him, I would be like you, a liar. But I do know him and I keep his word. Abraham, your father, rejoiced to see my day. He saw it and was glad. So the Jews said to him, are you not yet 50 years old? And you have seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, Amen, amen, I say to you, before Abraham came to be, I am. So they picked up stones to throw at him, but Jesus hid, and he went out of the temple area. Friends, this is super important, because the phrasing that Jesus uses at the end of that uh, passage, right, which ends the argument. Essentially, they're arguing with each other. They're calling each other names. Jesus is saying that I'm from my father who sent me. You guys are devils. The Pharisees are saying you're possessed, aren't you? You're a Samaritan, Dis disparaging him, saying you're not worth our time because that's what they, they ignored Samaritans. They didn't, the Jewish people at the time didn't interact with Samaritans. And so they, they essentially call him a Samaritan. You don't know what you're doing. You don't know what you're saying. We're not going to associate with yourself. Aren't you possessed? You're crazy. How can you say you're 50 years old? You're not even 50 years old. How can you say that you saw Abraham? And Jesus then lets the cat out of the bag. He says, amen, amen. I say to you before Abraham came to be, I am. I am. That phrase is super important because I am is the name that God gives to Moses in the burning bush. When Moses interacts with God in the ancient Hebrew Bible, and he says, God tells Moses to go tell the people that I'm going to set them free. Moses asked, whom should I say sent me? And God's response is, 
tell them that I am sent you. This phrase is super important because everybody in this conversation would have known what Jesus meant. Before Abraham came to be, I am. And then what happened right after that? Just to prove my point, to prove the point. Right after that, these Pharisees, these studiers of the ancient law, studiers of the Old Testament, the prophets, the Psalms, the old history, what did they do when Jesus said these words? They picked up stones to stone him because the penalty of blasphemy is death. He just equated himself to God. In case they didn't get it beforehand, he was they felt he was dancing around the issue. Jesus came out and said, before Abraham came to be, I am. He is my father. He is in me as I am in you. We hear these phrases throughout scripture. And then they pick up stones to kill him. They knew exactly what Jesus was saying. Don't listen to people who claim to study the Bible and say that Jesus never called himself God, never equated himself with God. This is Jesus saying that he is. Before Abraham came to be, I am. John starts this gospel with a reference to Jesus at the beginning of time. In the beginning, there was the word and the word was God. He was the word made flesh. That's Jesus. John is referencing Jesus. The reason John references Jesus in that way is because of the passage just like this. Because this is the same John who accompanied Jesus throughout his earthly ministry. This is the same John who was at the foot of the cross watching the interaction between Jesus and the Romans, between Jesus and his mother, even gets a word from Jesus when he says to John at the cross that this is your mother. This is the same John who, when told about the empty tomb, is the first to run to it. When Mary and the women come back and say that the stone is moved and the body is missing, John and Peter take off. And scripture says that John was there first. This is the same guy who lived the longest and who was exiled into Patmos in order to write these things that we write. So he has the knowledge. We have the privilege of understanding what he understood at the end, having looked back on everything that happened. We should cherish this moment. And we should learn from this interaction between these two sides, the Pharisees and Jesus, going at one another, essentially calling each other names, although when Jesus calls them names, it's true. Sons of the devil, they are acting accordingly. Let's not fall into this vitriol. Let's not randomly pick sides just because we like the person on one side or the other. I'm assuming in this, in this courthouse square, in this town square, that the Pharisees had people on their side. They were probably studied people that were watching this exchange. Maybe they believed Jesus, but yet they felt compelled to stand by their tribe, their Pharisees' friends. And so they did. And those people 
if such existed, would have paid the ultimate price upon their death. Because Jesus says in this, that if you believe in me, you will not die. It means you, you won't end up in eternal damnation. They look at the words, the Pharisees are looking at these words, you will not die in the same fashion that the devil speaks to Eve. If you go back to Genesis 3 and the serpent comes to Eve and says, surely you will not die. God tells Eve and Adam, don't eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Because if you do, you will die. The serpent confuses those words on purpose. He twists them and he tells Eve, surely you will not die. God is trying to trick you. Surely you will not die. Who was right in that scenario? Well, Eve and Adam did not physically die. But that's not what God means. God means they fell from paradise. In the same context, Jesus comes to us with the same phraseology. Those who believe in me will not see death. And the Pharisees, like Eve, can't figure it out. Surely you must be crazy. Friends, let us learn this lesson. Let us not be so consumed into the things that we think that we know that we won't look to the Bible. We don't look to the traditions of the church, that we don't look to all of the scholars and all of the people that studied under these apostles who walked with Christ for their knowledge of what was actually said and meant. What did the church, what did these believers actually know about Jesus that they kept it going for 2,000 years? Let us not be so secure in our arrogance of understanding that we don't look to the past, to tradition, to understand who Jesus truly was so that we can have a fuller life in hopes that we would never enter death. Friends, if you like messages like this, I simply ask uh, not for donations, but for participation. So like and subscribe to this podcast, to this uh, YouTube channel, this Rumble channel. Follow us on all the social media platforms. That would do us a great favor as we continue to spread the word of God. We continue to bring you scripture every Monday. And uh, next Monday, we're going to be starting chapter 9 of the gospel according to John. So you're not going to want to miss that. And until then, you guys stay on fire for Christ. Stay blessed. Good morning, Christian America.